Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, January 27th, 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr. Joining me is Imran, the Don Khan. You ever feel like you wish you had invested in GameStop? And the answer is no, because nobody ever feels like that until like right now. Dude, it's insane. It won't last. But like if you won't last, I can't believe how, how high it's gotten. But you can sell now and make a ton of money. It's ridiculous. I'm I'm pulling in a question. That's right. The show just started. We're five <laughs> seconds in. I'm already pulling a question from patreon.com slash kind of funny game, <laughs> which I was going to say for the post show, but Imran, since you brought it up, I'll bring it here in the main show. Uh, this question is from Nick from NY, uh, who says it's still snowing and also says, hello, KFGD crew. Months ago, Greg once commented, it may be a good time to invest in GameStop when the company was trading around $5. At the time of writing this, GameStop stock is now trading at $150 per share. If you invested $100 when Greg told you, your investment would now be worth $3,000. We all know Greg is a top-tier gaming host, and also calm down, Nick, all right? Complimenting Greg Miller too much. We all know Greg as a top-tier gaming host, but... I'm curious if behind those beautiful brown eyes, the perfectly trimmed beard, and sleek, slick back hair, uh, now I think it's Greg who's writing this, uh, there isn't the financial group. Or Jen. The, or Jen. There isn't the financial guru we all, uh, we all not want but deserve. Someone that wants to see everyone pay off their student loans, their $4,000 computer bills, and their upcoming trip to Super Mario World Japan. Over the months, Greg has been getting comfortable with DiGiorno Pizza, Oreos, and Spirit Halloween. I feel like you're taking it too far at a lot of a lot of cases here, Nick, but I'll continue. <laughs> Should we be reading the tea leaves? What is Greg Miller trying to tell us about our next big potential payday? Love you guys. Thanks for all you do. Imran, what's been your whole take on this GameStop business? I'm going to disregard all the Greg Miller love because I didn't. That was I, that's not the point of why I brought this question up. And in fact, I wish you didn't include that because mm-hmm. nobody needs to give Greg Miller more love on this show. He already yeah, he no. already knows. Like everybody. His, are, head, his, head, his head is, is already too enough. big. Yeah. His head is big enough. Imran, what's been your take on this GameStop business? I feel like, one, this is it is funny to me that the entirety of our stock market is basically based on imaginary stuff and is incredibly fake, uh, but also has real world, real world repercussions that are going to result in a lot of lost jobs for a lot of people. Uh, but also, I wish I had invested money into GameStop. And like, I'm looking, I'm eyeing the AMC stock, like, hmm, maybe. There's still maybe time. There's still time. I mean, Here's listen, yeah, Here's the earlier thing, this week, go for it. Like, this shit is like the, the whole reason why the stock's inflated is like stock craziness. Like, it's, it's memes. It, it, it really is. Like, it is all tied to a particular Reddit group that is banded together to fuck over people that are shorting the stock, which, like, it's insane. And it's, I'm very curious to see, like, just because it, happen to this doesn't mean at all it's going to happen to another company that likely right. looks like it's going to fail and go under that's why it's fucking risky as shit but if you want to invest oh, yeah. fucking like 150 dollars in something that i like to just see what happens you might lose that 150 dollars just remember that there's a high there, there's yeah. a high but the, the, the thing is we talked about this earlier this week right like two days ago and i was like all right be careful like if you're going to invest in gamestop right now be careful because anything can happen Right, and I was not expecting the the stock to continue to go up. I was expecting it to drop out of nowhere, and that's still very likely to happen. This stock will drop out of nowhere, and so yeah. if you invest money, you are making a big risk. But if you have one hundred and fifty dollars that is just laying around, and you're like, "Fuck it, man," maybe it's, see what happens. I don't know. It's Vegas rules: don't bet money that you don't want to lose or don't care about losing. Yeah, and 
walk away when you feel you've got enough money. Like, I know that's hard. I know that's difficult because enough money is a difficult thing because, like, oh, this is between a, a $1,400 PC and a $3,000 PC. But, like, still, if you do, if you don't feel comfortable, like, thinking you're for sure going to get that $3,000 PC, walk the hell away. Yeah, this is gambling in its purest form. <laughs> like, this is <laughs> – no, if, if you is. invest like, in GameStop, this is gambling. Like, you are – this is not a sure thing at all because well, no, people I, are meaning. I feel like at this, this not, point, at this point, probably too late. Like it's not gonna go much higher. Probably, like, but you don't know saying. that for sure, though. You don't no, know that for I, sure. Like that's not how it works, you know? though. <laughs> like, now people like, in the, the chat been like AMC. On... And it's like AMC today is like up two hundred percent. Yeah, it's yes. doubled in price. Wait, people are doing this with AMC also. Yeah, like theaters? I should have bought AMC mm-hmm. yesterday when it was at five dollars. If you bought it at five dollars, you now like. You're, it's at fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, now, you've I tripled think? it. I have, you've tripled it. Yeah, but again, this is scary shit. Like, I wonder what it the is. long-term repercussions for this so, like, being out in the open oh, and done bad. publicly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's fascinating shit, guys. Fascinating shit. I'm this is This is the most exciting I've, I've been about stocks probably in my entire life. I've never given <laughs> a fuck about stocks. I've had conversations with my, my, Bro, really uh, one, should, my older sisters, one of my older sisters. One of my older sisters. I know I should, but there's I, I in my heart there's still like this thing that is like it's gambling though, right? Like this is all a ga- yes, like no. I had this conversation with my older yeah, sister like, because so, my older so, sister, it's, my it's older sister is into stocks. Gambling. My but older I mean, sister is into stocks, and she tries to get me into stocks because she's very money savvy. She's the one in the family who's making all that moolah, uh, and she tries to convince me about stocks. And I'm like, I know you're probably right because you're smarter than me when it comes to this money stuff, but. Is it not all just gambling at the end of the day? Like, can I just get, should should I not just go to game uh, go to Vegas? I know it's informed ga- gambling based on how you think things might perform, right? But I don't trust myself when it comes to anything about uh, but, anything outside of video games to make a gamble in that way. You're misunderstanding. You're looking at this shit and uh, like GameSpot and be like, oh my god, it went up X amount. Like that's not what stock trading is. What it is is like sure. fucking. All right, I know Google's gonna keep being a thing for the next thirty years. So let's put. X amount of money into it and leave it there for 30 years. That's for what sure. stocks really but like, is. There's always, there's always that chance though, that, that Google falls off a cliff out of nowhere. Something happens, a meteor, a meteor hits Google yeah, but like the reality, the, it's all gone. the reality is there isn't always that chance. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Google mm-hmm. is strong as fuck. Like it right now, it's got like a lawsuit to try to break it up saying it's a monopoly, but like, it's not like, it's probably going to fail, and if it's it like, doesn't, yeah. it'll like, probably still be fine. Big investments like that are gambling in the way that, like, oh, I my house caught on fire and I lost a lot of, like, personal equity that way. Like, yeah, that could happen for sure, but, you know, mm. you take the risk and you still own a house. I mean, you don't. Mm. No, one, no one in San Francisco does, but Kevin does. Nobody in San Francisco except for Kevin owns a, owns a house. That is, true. That is very true. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you're keeping an eye on this GameStop business, Good luck if you are putting money into it. I, I, again, I don't have any recommendations because I am not a stocks guy. All I know oh, is yeah. that you're taking a risk. Do not and listen to at us. this point. At this point, you we know, definitely do not. If you got hundred bucks, if you got a hundred bucks laying around that you don't care about, if you're fine ripping up a hundred hundred dollar bill or seeing if the hundred dollar bill turns into two hundred dollars, I'm not. I'm not play. encouraging gambling. I'm just saying maybe like 
It sounds like you're encouraging uh, gambling. It sounds like that's, that's what's going on. I'm just saying, live your life on the edge. That's all I'm saying. Today's stories include Xbox Game Pass passing 18 million subs, uh, a new Skate 4 studio, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live, right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news, dirty news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of Funny Games daily. To be a part of the show, head to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames or bronze members or above get to write in, and silver members or above get the show ad-free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you uh, our review of the medium is now up as a new episode of kind of funny x cast you can catch snowbike mike paris tim and greg over there breaking down their thoughts on the game and um, we're going to talk about that a little bit more later do we have a review roundup the answer is yes thank you to our patreon producer blackjack today we're brought to you by patreon.com slash kind of funny games but i'll tell you about that later for now let's begin with what is and forever will be the rope report it's time for some news. We have six stories today. Could that number go up to seven? Do we want to take a bet on it? What if breaking news happens during the show? If you put in, if you put in, if you put in fifty bucks right now, he has a gambling. You put in fifty bucks right now. That fifty bucks could go up. Isn't the thing like put a poll in the chat? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. Do we want to put? Do we want to put a, one of those, a prediction is what they're called, on how yeah, many mistakes you guys are going to do? More like how many than you're five? More, more than five real good you're wrongs? Or less mm. than five real good you're wrongs? See, I feel like, I, I feel like that's unfair because bless, I get to choose the you're wrongs. Bless, if you're not modded, <laughs> if you're not mo- modded, you could do insider trading. I can unmod you, say the word, I'll ban did, you right now. Did, didn't Gary Witta do that? Th- like, he bet him oh, yeah, on himself? Oh, yeah, he totally bet on himself. Games. They knew exactly what he was going to do, and he met out like a fat cat. You know what I mean? See? Meow. All right, I want two predictions in chat right now. The first one, will we get breaking news during the show? I feel like that's a risky one because that only happens once in a blue moon. Second one, under under or over five year wrongs between me and Emron this episode. I don't think Mm. you can do two like that. You can do one and then you have to wait till it ends. Okay. Well, let's start off with the breaking news and then later on. Well, actually, no. Let's start off with the you're wrongs and then get into breaking. <laughs> but you ah, could do you could do the breaking news. Figure it out. You can do the breaking news until like this the the end of the show when they start you're wrong. Then you can do how many they got. But they got to be quick. Chat, mm. be quick. Chat, yeah. be quick. Be quick, chat. Be quick, Come chat. Come on, months. Story number one, Xbox Game Pass subscribers hit 18 million. This is Tom Warren at The Verge. Microsoft is continuing to attract people to its Xbox Game Pass service. The Netflix or video game service now has 18 million subscribers, up from 15 million previously reported in September. Xbox Game Pass is a subscription service that offers access to a growing selection of more than 100 Xbox games for $9.99 per month. Microsoft has been pushing Xbox Game Pass for more than a year now, and it's, it's clear the company is heavily invested in its future. Bungie's Destiny 2 title appeared on Xbox Game Pass late last year, and Control is also available on the service for both Xbox and PC. On an earnings call today, Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella also revealed that Xbox Live has more than 100 million monthly active users. Nadella also said the launch of the Xbox Series X and S was the most successful in Microsoft's history, with the most devices ever sold in a launch month. Emron, are you impressed by these numbers? 
I imagine they're probably lower than they want them to be, judging by that how like that weird backlash decision they made this week. But like it, I think that number just needs to keep growing. It more than that, it needs to keep making money because I think there's a th- there's a threshold point where right now I don't think Game Pass is probably all that profitable. It's probably making a little bit of money, but not enough. There's a point where they have to like hit uh they have to hit a critical volume where then it's like okay now we can actually shop this thing around to third-party developers more openly and just say like hey you're losing money by not putting it on game pass day one because that's that's always going to be the big part of the big problem of like are they going to have enough people that are willing to you know trade day one sales for game game pass numbers 18 million is probably getting up there i think they're probably going to want to hit like by end of this year if they don't hit like 25 to 30 probably closer to 30 then i think growth has slowed down way too much but yeah it's it is an impressive number that i think for them needs to be a bit more impressive yeah i mean to that point right them not launching the xbox series x and s with halo infinite probably plays a role in these numbers probably not being as high as they may may want and maybe that even might lead to them wanting to increase xbox gold in order to have that conversion rate for in order to pump those game pass numbers up like i wouldn't be yeah. surprised if, if that was the case because i look at i look at this number 15 15 million in september 18 million subscribers now that is probably that probably is bumped by the launch of the new consoles i wonder how much that would have been bumped if you get halo infinite if we got halo infinite and i wonder how much that continues to be bumped once we get more of those big exclusive titles being halo infinite hellblade Sinua saga hellblade 2 and then like psychonauts 2 and all the other games that we can expect from xbox yeah halo is going to be the big pusher like if they now we know presumably halo infinite's multiplayer will be free to play and will not require gold are people going to want to subscribe to game passes for the campaign or is it going to be a thing of like hey you get we're going to have halo infinite dlc in terms of like multiplayer stuff like that new maps all that kind of jazz but that's only free for game pass users like is that direction they're going to take for that i'm i'm curious because they have a lot of options here they have a lot of mm-hmm. options of how they increase these numbers and I think some of those are going to be like dialing down on what people have to pay for. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be a combination of that big first party games and some big third party coups. If I were Microsoft and let's say, let's say hypothetically Starfield is coming out this year. I would, and like there's already work done on a PS5, PS4 version, all that jazz. Mm. I would put make, let those versions come out, but on xbox they are free on game pass because that does get people to come over to like okay yeah no i'm not gonna spend 70 bucks on this thing when i can be spending like 10 bucks a month or whatever and just let them like keep subscribing or let it like not last but resub with people not realizing it or whatever but having those getting people into the ecosystem is going to be the most important thing and i believe that they have a decent three-pronged approach towards that yeah I mean, this, this is this is the episode that's all about gambles. I feel like that is a gamble. That is a, that is something that I I expect that from Xbox because uh, that's been their whole promise is that you're going to get first party Xbox games as part of Xbox Game Pass. Starfield, the being one of the biggest games that they have coming out in the future, right? Like you imagine, there's all there's already work put into the PlayStation versions. That's probably a game that you do want to have be a multi platform release in that way. Putting that game on Xbox Game Pass. For what X, for what Xbox Game Pass numbers are doing right now, you'd probably want that to increase by a lot. I yeah. th- like I think if I was Microsoft, I'd probably want to be doing 
Nintendo numbers in terms of attachment rate because they mentioned here in the article that uh, Xbox Live has more than 100 million monthly active users, which plays into conversations we've had on this show and other shows in the past of Xbox on their side, they're going to be paying more attention to active users way more than actual console numbers, right? Because we get yeah. we get we get them with having the, the quote, quote, the most devices ever sold in a launch month. They're not saying numbers, right? Which probably plays into one, they don't want to have that direct comparison with PlayStation in terms of what those numbers actually are. And then two, if we can get focused on how many monthly active users users we have on our platform, that is going to sell a story. That is going to let you people that is going to let people know uh exactly how we're doing in the ways in in the ways that we are measuring our success. That so, said with over 100 uh, monthly active over 100 million monthly active users i think you want to bump that up to like 30 million on game pass right, right. like you you want that attachment rate to be high if you're going to if you're going to make that gamble and put all your first party games going forward on game pass the only thing i correct there is that 100 million a- active users does not mean on their platform it can mean like on like we can consider PC to probably also their platform, but it also yeah. means like, hey, I'm logged on to Xbox Live on my Switch and Minecraft, like that kind of thing. Mm. So Minecraft does probably do a lot of heavy lifting for that sort of thing. For sure, yeah. But even even still though, like you you still want to get the, those Game Pass numbers up because 18 million is a lot for a subscription subscription service for for Microsoft, one that's been around for I'm not going to count try and count them how many years we've had Game Pass, quite a few years. 18 million is a is a good number. But yeah, for a future where you're going to have uh, eventually like Deathloop and stuff, but then uh, Starfield and Halo Infinite and Fable and Forza and all this stuff, those monthly users got to go way up for them, I imagine. Otherwise, they got to cut that plan somewhere. Yeah. All they need is one major game, I think, that is like, it is a better deal on Game Pass than anywhere else. And like, that could be mm-hmm. a first party game, which would just, you know, that would be the maybe the easiest way into it. Or like, it could be a huge third party game. But yeah, I think. They're they're primed for the opportunity. It's just a matter of like when does that opportunity come, and hopefully it is not too late. Like hopefully it is a situation where it could just be like, oh shit, Game Pass is this this is where the industry is straight up going at this point. Let's all get on this train. It's I'm I'm hoping for the best because I think Game Pass is, a, but Microsoft has been going th- are undergoing this long term transition since 2013 of what company they want to be. And I'm still like waiting for them to actually drop that other shoe and just be like, all right, yeah, this is it. This is like, this is our full force thrust towards this, uh, what we want to do now. It still kind of feels like they're like towing the line a bit too much. Now, the rumor has been that Halo Infinite uh, is going to have a multiplayer version. Or I don't know if this is a rumor or if this is just speculation that the multiplayer version is going to be free to play. No, that's confirmed. That's confirmed? Okay, they've they talked about it. That. They said it on Twitter. Before Infinite got delayed, no, not before it got delayed. After it was like there was a report about it, and then they denied it, and then they actually just straight up said in the in a tweet. Okay, okay. Well, my question was going to be: Does that still happen now that Xbox Live Gold is allowing free to play games to be online? But I guess that that that's not a thing you can necessarily take back at that point if you've confirmed it. Yeah, if they take it back, that'll be real stupid. But also, like, yeah. it, it is probably the way to way for it to go. Like, Halo Infinite needs to be like a game anyone can play yeah which is like it does make me feel like are people going to want to subscribe to game pass for the single player campaign alone but i guess the logic is if you're subscribed to halo or if you're playing halo infinite you're probably subscribed to game pass so it doesn't really matter whether or not you make that leap or not Mm -hmm. 
Imran, I want to kickflip over to story number two. EA announces a new studio for Skate 4. This is Michael McWherter at Polygon. Electronic Arts is making a new skate game and has formed a new studio for the project, the company announced on Wednesday. That studio, named Full Circle, is headquartered in Vancouver, but EA describes the team as global with, quote, a geodiverse team and culture, end quote. Leading Full Circle in development of the new skate is Daniel McCulloch, uh, formerly a general manager of Xbox Live at Microsoft. McCulloch's credits also include producer roles on the Forza Motorsports series and Microsoft's first-party Connect games. Quote, the fans wished Skate back into existence, and we want, we want them to feel involved in the process from development, from development to game launch and beyond. We want them to feel like they are part of Full Circle, uh, McCulloch said in, the news, in a news release. Quote, we're all about having fun and making great games that people want to play with their friends. And we're looking for more developers to help us build compelling worlds for players to explore. End quote. Electronic Arts named Darren Chun and Chris Cuz Perry as Skate's creative leadership, saying the duo have been integral to the creation of the franchise and development of all three original games. Cool stuff. Imran, how yeah. far off do you think the Skate game is? Because th- them announcing the new studio finally is awesome. They announced it with a bunch of job listings, which tells me that we probably still have a ways to go. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm going to guess this game was an internal project for a little bit. And then it was like, well, we don't have resources for this or we don't have like, it might be better to bring in an outside team or even create an outside team. That said, like, it does seem like now they're committed. Like now there's no skate for is happening. They're not going to go back on this in any way. This is like, if they're going to create an entire new studio for it or to at least like launch with this game, then I, I'm excited that they are, it's hard to commit with E3. That's the, or not E3, EA, that, uh, I'm always worried that something is going to drop with them. It, 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 it can always be a, um, visceral games situation, right? Where you get it, you get a few years into this game. EA is like, Oh fuck. We didn't realize you're making a skate game and they cancel it <laughs> because that's exactly what happened with the original Star Wars game where they're like, oh, fuck, you guys are making a single player linear Star Wars game. No. And everybody's like, wait, that's what that's what we wanted, though. And they're like, no, uh, that could always happen with EA, which is a scary thing. But they, for they skate, you Star imagine Wars level in skate Four, a Star Wars skate Four level. I'd be totally yes. into it. Yeah. Like go up and down a Death Star. There we go. Done. That actually sounds pretty tight. That actually sounds like the like the death like the 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 curves in the Death Star or, or the yeah. half pipe. Yes, I'm into it. That'd be sick. I mean, Darth Vader was in the uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater Three or Darth, Darth Maul. Maul. Darth Maul was yeah. in Tony Hawk Pro, Pro Skater Three, and so it's not without it with it's not outside of the realm of possibility. Uh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Right. I I I think this game is probably a bit far out. Right. Like I'm looking at. Yeah. It's gonna be three years. Like two to three years. Yeah. Yeah before we get that game and i'm fine with that honestly because one we have skater xl to hold us over but then also like we do have games like session that are coming through and skate story yeah. and other developers that are tr- that, that are throwing their hat into the ring and making a skate-ish type game and i think there's enough there to hold us over that i'm totally fine waiting like i'm down to play all these different games and see what all these def- different de- developers have in store and can put out there uh, before we actually get there at a skate four it would be funny to me if people left Vicarious Visions and came to Full Circle to work on Skate. Because like, if you're not going to get a chance to make another Tony Hawk game, might as well make a new yeah. Skate. It's like, I, I love my Skate games. I need to get my Skate fixed. I'm out of here. I'm going, I'm going to a real publisher. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's at some point Western Publishing is just going to be like bouncing between Sony, EA, and uh, Activision. Yeah, and Microsoft. And Microsoft, yeah. Yeah. Though even though, like, how many? Well, yeah, I guess this is Vancouver too. So the yeah they they would cover both all of North America. Let's talk about self-publishing, Emron. Story number three, Hitman 3 has already recouped its development costs. This is Christopher Dring at GameCentry.biz. I had to put in all my game, my brain power to figure out how am I gonna, how am I going to transition into this, this next story. And I did it. Congrats to me. Uh, <laughs> Hitman 3 is already profitable. IO Interactive has announced. The stealth game launched last week, immediately shot to the top of the UK charts, and it has recouped its development costs in under seven days. Quote, We've been really happy with the Hitman 3 journey, says IO Interactive CEO uh, Hawken Abrak. Quote, it has been a labor of love between our fans and everyone at the studio. As developer and publisher, we are immensely proud that we can say Hitman 3 is already profitable. We have recouped the total project costs in less than a week. That puts us in a really good place and allows us to confidently move forward with our ambitious plans for future projects, end quote. Hitman 3 is the first full game in the series that was self-published by the studio, and Abrock tells GamesIndustry.biz that keeping marketing and PR close to the development team has been a huge benefit. Imran, have you been playing Hitman 3? No, I just finished. So I told you before, I never finished 2. So I just like I waited for all that stuff to import into the 3 engine because saving and reloading is a big part of my Hitman experience, and it was way too slow on PS4. So I went through, I just finished two yesterday. Mm. You know what people don't talk about, Blessing? How good two's levels are. Everyone oh, yeah. talks about like uh, Miami, but like the Ark Society is so good. And Vermont oh, yeah. is incredible. Like, holy shit. Like both those levels, in, in a way, it almost makes me feel like I wonder if three is good. I've not I've heard a lot of people talk about three yet, but like I've also kind of been avoiding it. I kind of wonder like are three's levels going to be this good? Because like a lot of these are just straight up bangers. Oh yeah, like the uh, Vermont is that is that the neighborhood level? Yes. Yeah, that level is dope. I I remember watching Giant Bomb play through Arc Society and being like, okay, this is pretty dope. Uh, and yeah, no, Hitman Two had had some, had some great levels. Hitman Three so far, I've only I've only played uh, the first three, being mm-hmm. Dubai, Dartmoor, and uh, the one after Dartmoor. I can't, I can't remember the name of it. Um, and so far. I've liked two out of those three levels. I like the first two, um, with Dartmoor being the very ob- obvious standout. That's the that's the thing about the conversation around Hitman 3's levels is I feel like everybody's talking about Dartmoor, and people haven't really been talking about levels beyond that. Like I've heard, I've seen a few people talk about uh, Chong King also, but Dartmoor it really is the standout compared mm-hmm. to the rest of it. Like it's, it's it feels like Hitman 3's Clockwork Mansion or Clockwork Tower. I forget what it's called from uh, Dishonored 2 right where that level is so good that people just focus on it and don't really dive deep or don't really have that conversation around all the other levels that are also pretty good to decent um that said like for what for how they've performed so far hitman 3 in sales like i'm very impressed by them recouping their costs within a week not totally surprising because i wonder how much development costs are for a game where they are kind of taking the platform that they already have and layering on new assets and new levels and a few few new mechanics and polishing it up and repackaging it and selling it uh i imagine that isn't as costly as trying to make something from the ground up which means that they're able to recoup those costs a bit easier uh easier uh that said this is still pretty impressive congratulations to io let's let's take a second to visit like the alternate universe where square enix never sold off uh io interactive or sold them back the hitman ip i think 
they probably wouldn't be getting to this point where they're like, oh, here's a Hitman 3 that's like decently successful for us. I think they would probably have been like dragooned into working on Avengers. And I don't oh, think God. it would have worked out well for them. Because like that was the reason they sold off IO in the first place was they wanted to free up money to work on Avengers. So Which is wild. They, yeah. Like it's wild to think about given the performance of Avengers compared to the performance of Hitman. Not that Hitman is the biggest moneymaker, but Hitman at least is able to recoup its costs in a way where Avengers comes out and uh there are articles coming out about how yeah like that game was able to recoup its marketing costs yes and that's that's an issue like that's a bad decision back to the conversation about gambling you gotta be (laughs) willing to take the risk i think like this does help james bond though because like hitman is a critical darling and it's like a cult classic even though like it doesn't always perform super great in sales like get it recouping your development costs great you're probably gonna make a tiny profit after this but it's not never gonna be like a i'm gonna pick a random name here borderlands uh style success it won't hit like 12 million copies sold or whatever. But like mm-hmm. James Bond theoretically could. And having the backing of, oh, this is one of those people who made that really good like stealth game that people were talking about for the last five years. Like that is going to help James Bond combine with that license. Imran, do you remember there was a news story about a developer recently hiring up to work on a new project? Was that IO Interactive? I, re- I feel like there was a news story about how IO Interactive is kind of funny.com slash you're wrong. IO Interactive, I believe, is hiring up from 200 employees to 400 it's either io or a similar or a similar studio working on a similar upcoming project do not recall check that for me because if that's the case i am on the edge of my seat to see how james bond plays out because i have i have a lot of faith in james bond i'm very much looking forward to io interactive james bond because i think they're the perfect studio to, to work on it um yes, by the way it, it is was IO. yes cool yeah io is hiring up from 200 to 400 to work on this next game um Ever, ever since Cyberpunk now, I am very much like paying attention to studios hiring up or doubling in size in order to work on a new project. Because Cyberpunk for me has been a lesson of, dude, you got to grow smart and you got to you, you got to you can't you can't just you can't just grow and expect to, to make things work based off your past successes. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I'm not I'm not saying this to say that I was going to fall into the same tra- trap as Cyberpunk, the CD Project Red, because obviously like that was very much a them thing of hey y'all fucked up on multiple levels um but i say that to say growing is always a difficult thing right and i wonder i wonder what an io with 400 employees looks like compared to an io with 200 employees are they able to grow well are they able to 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 adjust in the ways that they need to in order to make that thing work uh i got my eyes peeled yeah extra resources are great but you always have to remember that game development is labor and it is art at the same time and like you can't just throw more numbers at it like pikmin you have to like have a decent management to actually manage all these people and keep a project on track and a lot of great game game design projects fall apart because Mm -hmm. just they can't keep everything a cohesive whole yeah so we shall see once again congratulations to io interactive and hitman uh i cannot wait to get back to hitman that's the thing is like i i meant to i in an alternate universe i would have finished hitman by now and probably played the levels multiple times but it's one of those things where the day it came out me and you both had the issue of not being able to transfer progress from previous yeah. games and so i was like okay cool i'll wait on this and then i and then sekiro sucked me back in and now i'm on the final boss of sekiro and i've been on the final boss of sekiro for days and it's hard for me to play anything else that's not sekiro until i beat this damn final boss but he's kicking my ass and well so, after you after you stream re7 you should just stream some hitman Oh man, it's, it, it feels like you're assuming I'm going to stream RE7 when I've made no, no plans to. The I've people have no demanded it. Greg oh, Miller, I think. Yeah, re- dude, re- I've been hearing about it. I've been hearing about it for literally days. 
I will not stream like RE7. Chat, right? I Look at the chat. Look at the chat. They are blowing up with this. this oh, this chat request. really thinks I'm going to stream Resident Evil. Oh, you guys got another thing coming to you if you think I'm going to stream Resident Evil. Even there though I say that, I literally streamed Sea of Thieves yesterday on my personal it's, Twitch it channel. It sounds like you might actually get some of your highest numbers. You know what I mean? It's all there is a popular hashtag of Bless versus Baker to see you stream Resident Evil. Why? Popular, popular Resident Evil influencer Brittany Bromacar also retweeted this. Uh, this hashtag. Why? Why do people want to see me play Resident Evil? I have, have probably it. the worst Resident Evil takes on this channel. <laughs> you yes. don't want to see me stream Resident Evil. Everyone wants to see it. Blessing. It just—it's inevitability. I think at this point you should just yeah, keep up. Yeah, it seems very yeah. clear that they really want you to do this. Yeah, chat is very much like active wow. right now. They very much That's want insane. me to play it. I do not want to. I think we have any, it on slow mo too. Just so you know. <laughs> Dear Lord. Uh, speaking of horror games, story number four, the medium has reviews out right now. I'm going to do this review roundup right here. Uh, Metacritic, it's sitting at a 73. Open Critic is sitting at a 72. I'm going to start with Tristan Ogilvie, who reviewed it for IGN and gave it an eight. Tristan writes, the medium uses a unique reality shifting ability to bring a new dimension to some tried and tested uh, to some tried and tested genre puzzle solving mechanics. It presents an intriguing mystery to unravel and adds uh, a, a tangible sense of urgency to your investigations by placing a truly memorable villain hot on your heels. It isn't able to pay to, uh, it isn't able to play with perspective as effectively as some of blooper teams other work, but it's brilliantly, brilliantly paced and palpably tense An absorbing, a nerve-wracking journey from the shriek of its first jump scare to its very last gasp, the medium delivers a psychological horror adventure that's all thriller and no filler. Serial Vasquez reviewed it for Polygon and gave it an unscored review and says, The medium starts off personal and poignant, but ends in cliché. Eventually, the medium ab abandons its surprisingly empathetic take on the afterlife altogether to become a thriller, which, while honing in on a single thread, ends up being shallow and disappointing. The twists aren't predictable, but aren't, sh <clears throat> aren't shocking either. And while the latter half of the game sets itself up as an intricate web of interconnected relationships and secrets, it teases out hidden identities and other twists for way longer than it took, me, took for me to figure them out, leaving me, leaving me waiting for the story to catch up. By the time I had rolled credits and began processing what had just happened, I realized I didn't have many plot points or striking moments to chew on. Lastly, uh, Jordan Ramey over at GameSpot gave it a 9 out of 10 and says, eventually the medium's narrative threads begin to weave, weave together, even connecting to the original goal of discovering Marianne's origins. The promise that everything somehow connects in, in some un unforeseen and fascinating way is a thrilling reason to see the game all the way through. And to that end, the medium's conclusion sticks with you. It's one, uh, it's one last horrifying reminder that trauma may not define a person, but it can have consequences we can't even begin to for begin to foresee if it's not adequately dealt with and simply left to fester over time. I can't say I enjoyed the medium. I can't say I enjoyed the ending to the medium, but I am deeply satisfied with how it sets up the inescapable nature of its horrifying conclusion. Of course, I mentioned earlier at the top of the episode that kind of funny's X cast review of the medium is now up. It's no Mike, Mike, it's Greg, it's Tim, and it's Paris. I hit up Mike right before this episode of Confident Games Daily to give me a, a short description of his blurb review of the medium. Uh, Snow Mike, Mike, of course, the homie, Snow Michael, Michael, hit me back and gave me this. The medium is a creepy, unsettling, and good horror game that can be completed over a weekend. If you like the old school Resident Evil games where puzzle solving is at the forefront along with a decent story, then you'll like this. 
The biggest issue with the game is its third-person fixed camera angles and tank controls, which feel really antiquated and outdated and bring down the overall experience when it comes to solving those puzzles and stealth sections. Those issues lead to a, fu- to a lot of frustrating... Uh, those issues lead to a lot of frustration and checkpoints, re- checkpoint restarts due to not being able to see what's happening. It looks it looks good, but not jaw-droppingly great. And they promote a world where you jump between two worlds. They promote a world where you jump between two worlds instantly, which it does, which which is done, hmm, which it does well enough. Well, which it does well. I see here is a small typo. Which it does well, but does not. Uh, but not near enough to make it feel like a truly special experience that does anything new or different. It's a good addition to Game Pass in the horror game genre, but I wouldn't recommend buying this at full price, unfortunately. It's a good horror game in a genre that's lacking on console, so it gets a, not, it gets a good nod from me, but left me frustrated with the tank controls and camera angles. The story and setting was good enough and got me creeped out. Emron, have you touched the medium, or do you have any interest in playing the medium? About two hours. Um, it's... I kind of I kind of side more with Tim on the X cast, so like he just didn't like it. Like he thinks it's, I. It's fine. It is mm-hmm. completely fine until like you reach those parts that just aren't. And like for me, it was I just kind of got bored after a while because it it felt like a lot of a lost style teasing of oh there's more of this mystery to go and I'm like yeah but we haven't solved the other mystery yet. Why are we introducing a new mystery here and like. I love the concept of it, but it doesn't see, feel like it pays off in an interesting way. And granted, I've played two hours, but after two hours, I was like, I, I'm bored of this. I'm probably not going to go back. And I, it's the definition of a Game Pass game. It's the definition mm-hmm. of a, a game that's like, oh, it starts with a mystery. If the mystery intrigues you, then keep playing. Either way, you have the same amount of monetary investment. Like, Game Pass games feel easier to just go like, all right, this didn't hit. Cool, I'm done. And... I think medium very squarely falls into that that mindset. Mm-hmm. And Ron, speaking of that, uh, Chris writes in patreon.com slash kind of funny games and said, I enjoyed the X-Cast review of the medium. The game doesn't sound great, though. Paris says, quote, I found the gameplay loop tolerable. Tim says the prettiest PS2 game uh, and in the tank controls and add in the tank controls for good measure. Is Game Pass by removing a real value proposition, lowering the bar for good content to good enough content? Yeah, they they did that with Crackdown 3. Like, that was, like, the definition of that of, I don't know that I want to pay 60 bucks for this, but, you know, cool for Game Pass. Like, I think that is a very, it's actually a pretty decent niche to, especially since AA games are basically dead, that you can just kind of create them for Game Pass, and that's where they live, and they exist as, like, what's the word for Netflix filler, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not what anyone subscribes to this service for, but, hey, it's here, and I'm bored, so why not? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it's a it's a difficult one for me because I don't know if it's a Game Pass thing or if it is a Microsoft still finding their footing with first party and what those what those what those games look like. Like ex- first party exclusives that they're either partnering with or publishing themselves. Because it it does it, they are still in the place where they've announced all these studios that are working on all these upcoming games, but those games are still in the works. And Blue Routine feels like one of those ones for Microsoft where it's like, all right, y'all have games that you guys are already working on and we can partner up so we can have games that we can call Xbox exclusive that come out right now while we are working on all these other games. And yeah. by that, they kind of end up on Game Pass because 
they need something like they need something to put on the platform. Otherwise, the platform is just, is, is just sitting stagnant in terms of exciting, quote unquote, new releases. It needs to have like a very diverse pro- portfolio, really, of like, here's the big AAA, like, here's your perfect dark. Here's your, you know, gear six, whatever, with like stuff that's a little bit lower of. What was the game I was literally just thinking of is now falling out of my head, but like stuff that. Sure, Psychonauts 2 is a good example of like, well, I don't know how good that game is going to be, but you know, let's let's assume that it's a good game, but like like let's say Metacritic 80. Yeah. Like if that game is like a Metacritic 80, that's like, okay, cool. This is enough to I'm happy I'm not or I would have paid for this, but I'm glad I don't do not have to. Like that level of game stuff on Game Pass is gonna be great. Then there's like the next tier down of I don't know what anyone expected from a team Bloober game. Bloober game, like they're all like this. They are all like the medium. I that's why I'm not like incensed about this game at all. It's like, okay, yeah, this is this is a lot like Blair Witch in terms of what I expected from it. And like that's I think the the filler part of it. That's the uh I, this is not in a way to demean the Great British Bake Off in any way, but Great British Bake Off is one of those games that you, you don't want like sit there and bend through. It's okay, cool. The new series is out or new series season is out. I might as well, you know, yeah, give us a watch. Like it's I there, so I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, I think that's where these kind of games occupy. So you do need that level of diverse pro- or portfolio as well. Like packing peanuts essentially into the into the rest of the uh game pass milieu. Yeah, like for the for for these reviews of the medium being such a range from GameSpot giving it a nine to Polygon just being like, yeah, no, it was kind of disappointing. I I think the medium is probably hitting the way that it can, right? Like this isn't the the only the, like the the only way in which these reviews are surprising to me is the fact that there is such a range, right? I was expecting this game to come out and kind of be that in that mid, you know, swimming in sevens range, which for the medium it's probably fine, especially for a game yeah. that is coming out on Game Pass, for a game that is from Blooper Team, which is this this studio that is able to churn out horror titles in their in their niche that seem to hit well enough for what yeah. they are. We're fast too, like yeah, weirdly fast. <laughs> which was like what, like a year or two ago. Was Blair Witch not last August, or was it a uh, was it 2019? It was probably 2019, wasn't it? So that, that would have been like a year and a half. Time does mean me nothing because if you told me Blair Witch came out last August, I'd be like, yeah, oh yeah, obviously it did. It might have been August 2019 because time is a flat circle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for like what they're for for what that studio does and what they're doing, right? Like Metacritic sitting at a 73 and 72 seems like a hit more than a miss for yeah. for for a blooper team. It is, it is fine. It is like, you know, like I said, it's, I don't know what else to play. I'm between games. Might as well play this. Also, by the way, Yakuza games coming soon. Maybe play those as well. There you go. All right. Let's, let's talk a little bit about games coming to the big screen. I got two news stories for you. All right. Let's start with number five. Kevin Hart is playing Roland in the upcoming Borderlands movie. And I couldn't be more excited about this. This is from Wesley Yinpool at Eurogamer. Jumanji star Kevin Hart, which pause there. That's the best way you could have started off this article. Shout <laughs> out to it, you, Wesley Yinpool. Is it, that's the best way. That's the best thing he's known. Like, like not like huge Jumanji comedians. star Kevin Hart. <laughs> like this man didn't put out laugh at my pain. You know, <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Jumanji star uh, Kevin Hart. Why can't I open up this this thing? There you go. Jumanji star Kevin Hart has signed on to play Roland in the Borderlands movie. According to Hollywood Reporter, the actor has closed his deal to star in Lion Gate's, uh, Lion Gate's adaptation of Gearbox's shooter series. Roland is Borderlands' soldier class, which again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pause there. Roland 
is a is a tough dude from Borderlands. Like, yes, he is not a Kevin Hart. No, <laughs> Which again, yeah. another reason why I'm very excited for whatever the fuck this movie is going to be. I'll continue. The character tends to focus on shotguns and combat rifles, uh, and and can deploy a turret. It's a different kind of role for Hart, who is focused on comedies. The Borderlands movie feels like it's gathering pace at this point. Eli Roth is set to direct, with Kate Blanchett signed on to play Lilith. Chernobyl creator Craig Mazin wrote the script, with Gearbox chief Randy Pitchford down as executive producer. It's going to be the greatest that, movie of all fucking time. That is a lopsided sentence. Of that, like, oh it, yeah, this, well, that maybe this is good. Oh, no, okay. It sounds like such a Frankenstein's monster of a movie, and I'm <laughs> all about it. Uh, here's a quote from Eli, Eli Roth. Who, or who says, I'm thrilled to be working with Kevin. Borlands is a different kind of role for him, and we're excited to thrill audiences with a, with a side of Kevin they've never seen before. He's going to be an amazing role, and, end quote. Kevin Hart's short. Like, yeah. Let's just throw that out there. Kevin all Hart right, is a really all short right. Man. You're not much you of a, tally, a short... all right? Come on. No, Could no, you imagine? I'm sure short a short-ass Roland. Just make right. everyone okay, else look no. short. If there was like a great Cully movie, they're like, Imran, do you want to play great Cully? I'd be like, there's like three feet of difference for why I should not play great Cully. Like, sh- this sounds like to me like Jumanji. It'll, they'll see it. It'll little. be great. <laughs> they'll Tom Cruise in with apple crates. Wait, the, the great Cully, like the wrestler? Yeah. You get that's what he's a, that's a hilarious poll. <laughs> <laughs> no, because like once I, I went. Uh, we were, we did some costume party when I was in college, and like we went as wrestlers, and I did Kali, uh, and it was like, that's Imran, awesome. No. That's awesome. <laughs> that is the best fun fact about you that I didn't know. That is funny. At, <laughs> at the time, I had long hair and the beard, so it made some sense. But yeah, the great Kali's finishing move was literally a karate chop, which is still <laughs> the wildest thing to me. Like everybody went hype over the man chopping at somebody's shoulder. Wrestling is awesome. Yes. Um, this movie. This man sounds... is so tremendously tall. So that was the whole thing. Is like he was a giant. Yes, he was. He was like this giant dude where like he would walk down and he wouldn't say words. Like everybody was just scared of him because that's Kane, right? That's Kane stand. Yep, that's Kane. That's a lot. He's not a short man. Kane is no. The great they call him the great collie for a reason. He's huge. Look how much terrifying. Well, I mean, it's hard to tell. There it is, (laughs) the Undertaker, who is a tremendously tall man, tremendously tall. Yep, I'm pretty sure he was probably the tallest dude wrestling at the time. He was active. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, like, this movie sounds like a Frankenstein's monster of a film, and I cannot wait for it because I, from I, I remember talking about the uh, Eli Roth being pulled in to direct, and the the conversation around it being like, okay, is this going to be like a gritty, fucking violent, almost like a horror film with Eli Roth attached to it, and Kevin Hart being pulled in to play a character. Yeah. totally upends that in a way where I have no idea what this fucking movie is going to be when it comes out. Yeah. I think I just it's just going to be like Jumanji t- or uh, like a spiritual sequel to Jumanji of like that kind of tone, but like in a desert and like, Dude, ain't but no like rest for the wicked playing Eli, Eli Roth is like, <laughs> not like, you know, well, you know what I mean? Like he's <laughs> yeah. off, like he's act- an actual sociopath. Like his movies are like, this is going to have like people getting sawed in half for sure. Right. But, but like way. Kevin Hart being involved with that makes it sound goofy but, more but than yeah, gritty, yeah. But like know? he did say, like this is gonna be like a different role for him. And like, what if this is Kevin Hart trying to get like a serious acting role? God, Kevin Hart has to be more self aware than that. Kevin Hart will never have a fucking. Kevin Hart will never be in a pursuit of happiness or any sort of like serious 
acting role. Pigeonhole people. <laughs> now I do think that like Borderlands is like I and Andy's right. Andy is right. Borderlands is not serious. But what if they take it super serious, Andy? You think about that, huh? Yeah, huh? Well, that, that's the thing is, if you tell me there's gonna be a Borderlands movie, you have to take it one of two one of two ways. You do go all in on the Eli Roth business and make it this messed up, fucked up space uh, space uh, western tale of everybody's violent because this is the post post apocalypse or whatever, and people are sawing people in half and everything's fucked up. Or you go all the way on the goofy side and make it this fun upbeat thing that adopts from tales from the Borderlands and makes it like this funny movie. Eli Roth directing and Kevin Hart starring as as um uh, uh what's his name as Roland makes me go okay I still don't know which one this is which one this is gonna be the thing that would sell me on this movie is if Eli Roth and Taika Waititi were co-directing because oh, I feel like that yeah. I feel like that would in, uh, capture the absolute essence of Borderlands being this weird fucked up thing yeah no I oh, I'm down for any Taika Waititi movie but yeah he should have been director of Borderlands for sure for sure. That would be amazing. This I'm still very fascinated with. And I hope by the time this comes out, theaters are back because I want to watch this in a theater on day one. Could, could they have made a mistake? Could he be Claptrap? <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, shit. Like, cause that I would see, be a great role. I could see them giving him one of the, you know, those wheels that you stand on. Like, it's just one wheel and you stand like one foot to the left, one foot to the right. And you lean and you, it's like a Segway, but one wheel. Mm-hmm. Put him yeah. on one of those cardboard box around it he's pretty much right there you know what i mean yeah, yeah. kevin hart is claptrap would maybe be one of the great hollywood castings of our time if they were able to pull that off i'm i'm now sad that he's playing roland because i don't know what that looks like I'm excited to see though <laughs> uh to continue the conversation though about games on the big screen uh story number six our last news story for the day netflix orders a tomb raider anime series this is from Aaron couch at hollywood reporter Netflix is upping its anime offerings with two new series drawing from from uh, the world of Legendary's MonsterVerse, being uh, King of Monsters or Godzilla or whatever, as well as Square Enix's Tomb Raider video games. Tomb Raider picks up after the events of Square Enix's Tomb Raider video game reboot trilogy, which was released in installments from 2013 to 2018 and was developed by Crystal Dynamics in Eidos, Montreal. It'll be unrelated to the ongoing series of films starring Alicia Vikander as Lara, as Lara Croft, the adventurer first introduced in 1996. Uh, Tasha, Tasha Wu, I'm going to say Wu, I'm definitely mispronouncing that. Maybe it's who. Tasha Wu, uh, known for The Witcher Blood Origin, will write and executive produce Tomb Raider. Other executive producers include DJ2 Entertainment founder and CEO Dimitri M. Johnson, Stephen Bugaj, and Howard Bliss, and Jacob Robinson. Cool. Tomb yeah. Raider anime. There was a rumor about the movie too a couple of days ago, right? Like that they got a writer for the new Alicia Vikander movie. Did they? I I've never paid attention to those movies because they've just not appealed to me. It was fine. Like no, I mean it was it was confused. Like it seemed like it wanted to be like five different movies, and then at some point someone went, "Oh shit, we got to make this Tomb Raider too." And then like mm-hmm. it. It was a good vehicle for Walton Gawkins to like chew the set for a while, and like beyond that, it wasn't much of a thing. I really enjoy him. I really enjoy yeah, him. he's great. He has his new Netflix show the too. Old Gog man. That. Yeah, and just a fantastic name. I'm excited to see what a Tomb Raider anime looks like. I would I wouldn't have I wouldn't have ever thought of a pitch of a Tomb Raider anime. Like that's like the the last franchise I would think to put in anime form. But I'm not against it. Like it sounds like it, it could be cool, especially coming off of the hey. the trilogy. I'm gonna open a can of worms here. What the hell does anime mean now? 
Okay, I had that thought too. Like, are you giving this to a Japanese studio to work on, or yeah. is this just gonna be just gonna be an anime style it's thing like, worked on by a Western company? Like, like people Western refer to anime Avatar as like anime. Yeah, it's well, they call it Western anime. But why is it anime? That's just a cartoon. But it's different. You know what it is. <laughs> like, what I mean, makes anime anime, anime it, other than it was made it, in Japan? Mean, usually, the boobies, right? <laughs> not all anime have movies uh, i know it was a joke it was a joke i know i know but anime fans <laughs> will get joke. mad that at you was really funny we'll reference all sorts of anime that don't have i'm gonna, movies. I'm gonna google like, anime anime that i've up. never heard about but chat is referencing like castlevania which is written by warren ellis who is not in any way a japanese person and like i'm just confused like is it a genre and if it's a genre what does that mean yeah that do, that's my thing is within anime like there are different there are different types of anime that you couldn't really narrow down into one particular thing. Like, Agatsuko is way different from Dragon Ball Z, which is way different from One Punch Man. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I don't, like, if you told me, you know, hey, we're going to... Yeah, it, no, I don't know. I don't. Is I, Dragon like, Ball, what does that mean that like, you're making a Tomb Raider Ball... anime? You're making a Tomb Raider cartoon, unless it's produced in Japan. But is Dragon Ball really that different than uh, One Punch Man? Like, One Punch Man is satire. Those two are very similar. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay, good. I just want to make that point. No. Throwing Death Note. That is a shonen genre. That is actually like a. One Punch Man is a parody of that, though. Yeah. It started off as a parody, now it's kind of like. it's a comedy. Like, it's more of a comedy. Like, Dragon Ball Z is action, whereas One Punch Man is comedy. But, like, even among shonen stuff, like, there's a big difference between, like, Bakuman and uh, Dragon Ball or, like, Chainsaw Man and... Or Pokemon or something. Yeah. I'm sorry. Chainsaw Man. Chainsaw Man. Is it as good as it sounds? Yes. (laughs) All right. You know what I've been watching lately? I've been watching (laughs) that Hunter x Hunter. Ah, yes. Okay. I've been watching Hunter x Hunter and porn. But uh, Hunter x Hunter, (laughs) I'm so far, I'm I'm at episode, like, 16. I'm enjoying that thing. I'm having a blast with it. Wait, what a show. like it has a Yu Yu Hakusho kind of turn where it's like, all right, yeah, now it's just like a only fight anime, but it's a really good fight anime after a while. Okay, uh, I want to see I what, what that. that I don't know, like that made me really want to watch that Yu Yu. Like right now, what you just said, the Yu Yu. I can't yeah. say it. I can't say the rest. Yu Yu Hakusho. Yeah, that's it. There we go. <laughs> you peak my. Kevin, have you seen Yu Yu Hakusho? No, we should watch Yu. I've always wanted to because it's one of those. Like that was always on like Toonami, right? Yep. Yep. And it's just one of those things where it's like podcast. I was always like, I, I, I don't have context for any of this. I'm going to go back to watching the same episodes of Dragon Ball Z. I just watched Yu Hakusho. I could not do another rewatch of it right away. Ask me in a few months, though. I'll be done. How long is it? <laughs> I love Yu Hakusho. It's like 100-something episodes. Kevin, I watched it, no joke, in about maybe two weeks. Yeah, but like you have no loved ones. During you know Christmas I mean? like, You're not hanging out with anyone. <laughs> Just a panoramic. I'm sorry. Just I'm Bloodborne. Sorry, and just I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. I it was it. just Bloodborne and Yuak show. That was true. Um, anyway, Imran, very excited to see what's up with this with this Tomb Raider anime and whether it is. I'm excited to see whether it actually is anime, but that's probably so far away. If I wanted to come out to Mom and Grab Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the kind of funny games daily show host each and every weekday. Yeah. Yeah. Out today, we got <laughs> Hyposphere from Rebirth from Xbox One, the, the Dark Eye Chains of Satina from X, on Xbox One and Switch, Butterfly on Xbox One, uh, and then the Dark Eye Mem- the Dark Eye Memoria 
for Xbox One and Switch. I always hate now now that I have like my uh my, the Twitch on on my second monitor, I try to do the thing where I switch between Discord and the dock so I can look at Imran when I'm talking, but then also go back to the dock when I need to reference it. For some reason, when I click off of the Discord, it doesn't automatically bring up the the, the dock, and so I have to like fumble around for a bit. I got to figure huh. this out. So what, Why don't you is like what? I've got a smaller monitor underneath the camera and a bigger monitor to the side, and the dock is on here, and the, the smaller monitor has, like, the Discord on it. Smart. That's pretty smart. That's pretty smart. Smart. Wait, but are you, like, full screening? Like, maybe just don't full screen the Discord call. Yeah, but, like, if I then, if when I click to the dock, then that's going to still minimize it, you know, or put the dock in front of it. I'll figure it out. I just got to, I just got to okay. uh, right. maneuver you, around you, it. You can do you the thing need, where you, like, you drag to the side. And then it only takes up half the screen, and then you put the monitor, mm-hmm. the the script on the other side. See, but then I'll be like looking to the right side of the screen whenever I'm look, whenever I'm talking to you guys, and I feel like that's going to take my eyes off the center, which I know I'm barely looking at the center anyway. I, I don't, I don't, I, it's honestly, better than, like, I don't like when people. I don't like when people look to the center. I like when, yeah, when you see you looking a little bit. Well, you're looking down a lot, but yeah. I like when people and look I, to I, the sides a bit more. Mm, Left or I'll right? I'll figure it out. Yeah. New dates for you. Uh, the Lord of the Rings Gollum has been delayed uh, to 2022. And then deal of the day, we have PS Plus games announced for February 2021. Uh, they look like this. We're getting Control Ultimate Edition, Destruction All-Stars, and Concrete Genie. That's a, a hell very of good a month. month. Yeah. That is a hell of a month. So- We're going to talk about that a little bit in a second but before we do i want to tell you about our sponsor of course you can go to patreon.com uh, slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free and speaking of ads this episode of kind of funny games daily is brought to you by patreon.com slash kind of funny games of course your support means the world to kind of funny uh, because of you the audience kind of funny is able to do cool things like hire snowbike mike hire roger pacorny launch the blessing show do awesome daily twitch streams have awesome guest spotlights on kind of funny games daily and so much more you can head to patreon.com slash kind of funny games if you want to support kind of funny games daily and all the content that we pr- produce on this side of kind of funny. And you can gain special perks like exclusive content, post shows, becoming a Patreon producer, and much more. Once again, just go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games to support the show and learn more about what we have to offer. Now, Imran, speaking of our PS Plus offerings this month. We got a question in from Frank Furter, who writes in and says, Morning Blessing and Emron. Remember when 505 said that we had to purchase that we had to purchase a new complete version of Control in order to play it on next-gen consoles, and we all flipped out? Well, it was announced this morning that both the PS4 and PS5 versions will be free for PS Plus members. So with Control being now on Game Pass and on the list for PS Plus, PS Plus games, did we freak out over nothing? Were the sales of the Complete Edition that bad that they opted into Game Pass and PS Plus to get it into more people's hands? Or am I just reading too much into it? Thanks for all you do, Frank Furter. Okay, so I, chat can correct me. You're wrong can correct me if I'm wrong here, but the Control on Game Pass is not Control Ultimate Edition. It is still the Xbox One version of Control, but you can play it on a Series X. This version on PS Plus is the Ultimate Edition, which is the next-gen version, the, the actual PS5 version of Control. I think that is the case. Like, you're wrong, can't tell me. But that, that, I believe that's the case yeah. also. In which case, yeah, that's, it's still not good enough because Xbox users should also get a similar like, deal like this is. But I don't think we freaked out over nothing because we don't know the thought process that led to this happening. It could be they did see that backlash. They did see the freak out, and they did went, oh, shit, we should, like, 
maybe make good on this thing or it could be that in a combination of the pre-orders for ultimate edition weren't doing well or ultimate edition was taking a lot longer than they thought because like uh i don't know about well i don't know about everyone but like remedy not remedy pr for control was offering us codes like the day like the day before it was supposed to come out they just got Mm -hmm. delayed and like nobody knows why so like maybe it was a technical reason and like that kind of snowballed in this sort of stuff like it's i think people should if they see a bad deal they should call it out but don't ever be like insincere about it you can be sincere about how much this control thing sucked and like if you're being sincere about it then maybe it does get changed so i don't think i don't think the lesson for this is being like no let's just wait and see it should be like no this looks like shit because you guys changed this up and apparently they are doing some degree of make good on it yeah this very much strikes me as some sort of reaction to all the stuff that went down in a way where it's like, all right, like we, you guys obviously didn't like that thing. Pre-order numbers are also reflecting that you guys aren't into this. And so we're going to find a way to get you control in a way that is, is in, in, a, in, a, in a way that somewhat fixes the issue of you guys not being able to get the game if you have the original copy. Yeah. Um, either way, it makes, for an, it makes for a good month of PS Plus. And so I'm down for this. Like, yeah, no, this I'm is excited a for, it for that. Brand new game, Control Ultimate Edition, and Concrete Genie, which is a good game on its own. Yeah. Very excited for that. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. We write in a list of what we got wrong as we got it wrong. Uh, Timmy Buddy writes in and says, yesterday the GameStop stock was $150. As of right now, 10 a.m. Pacific time, it is now over what so if you did buy it yesterday holy shit but that can't (laughs) continue right as we say like it it, it's still going up that's fucking wild it is gonna it's gonna drop astronomically the question is when yeah can you gamble right now in tomorrow double that earning i wonder if all the people that own games game spot game stop game stop game stop stock are liquidating because like imagine you're a ceo and you fucking have i don't know ten thousand shares like wouldn't it make the most sense and like granted there's our laws to protect all this stuff but like wouldn't it make sense like fuck if you're just an employee that's been there for fucking 15 years the place is about to fucking close wouldn't it make the most sense right now to liquidate they used to offer a stock, but like as the stock started dipping, they're like, maybe you guys don't want to keep this. So I kind of wish I like kept that for a really long time. God damn it. Damn. Uh, Ignacio Rojas says Dishonored 2's level is called the Clockwork Mansion. Thank you for that. Uh, CJ says Kevin Hart was in a serious acting role in The Upside Down which, with Brian Cranston. That movie was terrible, but it wasn't typical goofball Kevin either. Maybe that was part of why it was terrible. <laughs> Uh, and I feel I feel like I'm hating on Kevin Hart. I love Kevin Hart when Kevin Hart's being goofy and funny. Yeah, Jumanji was. But a good when he's movie. fucking serious, he can get the fuck out. He can get the fuck out. When he's out. fucking serious, he's like, get the fuck out of my house, Kevin Hart. <laughs> Throwing all my DVDs out the window if you're being serious in them. Nobody got time for Kevin Hart being serious. I really uh, hope Hayam is like interviewing Kevin Hart in the other room and he just like <laughs> overhears that. Kevin's like, did I just say my name? Hayam's like, no, no, it was, trust me. Do it we call, he was do talking we call about Hayam now because I love that. Because I, I, I keep because there's so many Michaels. There's Michael Jordan, no, I, Mike Tyson. I, I, hey, I love that. At IGN, at yeah, one point, no. there was four or five Michaels, and we so we called them all by their last name. So I'm all in. I, I just like, wanted to be kept up to date. I like this. Colin, P, 
call people that their last name is one cool and two professional. So like, if you mm. can combine the mm. two, then great. Mm. Mm. Uh, Baja says Amron's correct. Lovecraft counties. Uh, Misha Green uh, has been tapped to write Tomb Raider two uh, two days ago. Oh. That's fine. And then this is the last also, Sorry, one more note. There was no breaking news on, up until this point. So if there were predictions, which I don't think anyone ever fucking set up. <laughs> there you go. And did I, I mean, yeah. what, uh, what, oh, I guess we did the other one for your wrongs. And so let's see. We had one, two, three, well, no, but we four. Need, and oh, we, we didn't put an over under number. <laughs> well, we said five. Yeah, I, I, well, over, I, I think it, it was that. five. And I'm about to read okay. the fifth one, which is the last one. And so uh, the last one is from Lee Bot 5000 who says, Kevin said that Eli Roth only makes violent films, but his last theatrical, theatrically released movie was the kids, kids film, The House with a Clock in His Walls. So he seems to be trending away from his roots. That's how sure, scary. Sure. I wouldn't want to watch that. There you go. And I also think like one of the ones I like, Ignacio Rojas saying Dishonored 2's levels, The Clockwork Mansion was more of a clarification because I think I said that, but I was also... Uh, oh, game in the market. I'm just saying that's not like a pure you're wrong. That is more so of a hey, just so you know, you got it right, but you all you were just iffy on it. Um, that's it for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. The rest of this week's host for kind of funny games daily go like this. Tomorrow it is Greg and Tim, and then Friday is Greg in our kind of funny spotlight, Giancarlo Valdez. If you're watching this live on Twitch after this, is Snowback Mike and Greg playing? Let me go into my DMs, Gears 5 co-op. Cool. If you're watching this live on, or, oh, I just said that. Uh, of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games <laughs> Daily, each and every day at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. Uh, we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily.